I'm doing great. I'm glad someone's asking me. And uh, I'm so glad everybody got out of their cave this morning. And I know there, it looks like there's others that are still enjoying their cave moment. And, uh, you know, we're just so glad that you're here this morning. Last night, uh, this morning, we just had all kinds of things. Sometimes, you know, as a pastor, I get calls on a Sunday morning uh, and Saturday. And Pastor Jamie called me yesterday. We need to pray for him because he... he uh, he twisted his back out of whack. And so last time he did it, he was ironing a shirt. I don't know how you do that, but Zach goes, was he ironing shirts again? And, uh, and uh, he just, he, he doesn't know. He's been laying on his back for three days, so you can just pray for him. We'll take a moment, pray for him this morning. Uh, so that's where Pastor Josh and his family's at this morning. He went, isn't it good to have other pastors that can just go and, and help and and so uh, he's there, and then we had people in our, our band get sick and stuff, and just, just different things. So what you saw this morning was a conglomeration of just getting people that were sick or couldn't make it or whatever, uh, and, and it's all together. And they did a great job, I believe. You know, I'm kind of like the guy, tell them to take some Imodium or something, you know, just, anyway, just, uh, y'all pray for me. Anyway, uh, let's just pray. If, you, if you're here this morning and you're sick in your body, or you just need God to touch you this morning. I just believe God has that kind of power. That he still works miracles today. It doesn't matter if it's a migraine. Or if it's a stomach bug. Or if it's um, just whatever it is. And if you just believe that God can touch you. Amen. How many believe that God can save someone? That's nothing for God. And it's nothing for God to touch you physically. Amen. And... Uh, I just believe that, that God wants to touch you. Father, this morning, I thank you that we come to you. And God, we, we just believe that you're able to do far more beyond than what we think in our minds or even ask. And so, Lord, the Bible says we have not because we've had, we haven't asked. And Lord, I pray, I ask this morning that you would come and you would touch people right now. I know there are people that aren't here this morning because they're sick. And I just pray you would touch them. You would raise them up. You would heal their bodies. I pray for those that are here this morning that just need a touch from you. I pray that they wouldn't be distracted by what you would want to speak, by your spirit, because of something that they're just walking through. And I just pray you would touch them and be with them and encourage them, I pray, this morning. Use your word this morning to speak to us, to bring life to us, I pray, in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody agreed with me? Just said amen. You know, the, the, these, this, at uh, our church this, this week and the last couple of weeks, we've been, we started a series called Fresh Air. And uh, we want to, and I'm talking about four principles that I want to give you, and it's talking about the fresh air of life that God wants to give people in their lives. We talked about all of us go through times. Have you ever gone through a time in your life where you just felt stuck? Just a stuck place. And you don't know how you got there. You don't know why, what's going on. And, and, but you just know you can't get out. And that's what we talked about, the doldrums. And, and I talked about the first week how they would literally go, the, the, the explorers, they'd go into the new world and they'd get caught in this, this area. And I'm not going to give you the name again. But anyway, in this area, they would just, there would be no wind. And they, they just couldn't go. And so for many of us, sometimes we just feel like, where's that fresh wind? Where's that air? Where is that something, that, that thing that's just going to push me, propel me to go to what God wants me to be? And most important, last, the first week I talked about the most important place we need to be in our lives is falling in love with Jesus. Amen? 
That's a place we need to be. If I would want to do anything this morning, I just want to stop because I just feel uh, convicted in my own heart. And, uh, and I don't do this as a ploy, but I feel like God wants us as a church to commit to him every day, fresh. Lord, you have me 24-7. God, I want to serve you. I want to honor you. I want to give you my all. I want to give you my best. I don't want to hold anything back. God, whatever you want to do in me, have your way. How many I'm talking about? So can we just stop for a moment? And if you're at that, I, I mean, you just lift your hands to the Lord right now. If you say, Pastor, that's what I want. I want that. I want to have that 24-7. Father, I pray this morning. I pray it just wouldn't be something that we do on the outward but in the inside of our hearts. God, we can so look good on the outside, but Lord, so many times we find, our place, we find ourselves at a place we get stuck, and it's because we've just, we don't even know why, but Lord, I pray that this morning we would fall fresh in love with you this morning. For those that need revival, I pray that revival would be that we just turn their affections back to you, and that we, God, we would let go of those things that distract us, that hold us back. And Lord, this morning we just come, we repent, God, of our sin, of, our, of our, 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 our hearts being in a place of just being lukewarm. Help us to be fresh and hot in our pursuit for you once again. I pray that in the mighty name of Jesus for every person. Start with me, God. Start with me. And I pray that you would do that for every person here. Let it be the cry of our heart. Oh, Jesus, I just want to love you more than I've ever loved you before. I pray against guilt and shame and Lord, thank you that you bring forgiveness, that you restore, but God, you redeem. And I pray that for every person here this morning, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I just felt I needed to do that before we do anything. And, you know, this morning, the second thing that we talked about was this fresh air. And it's choosing to have a Christ-like attitude. You know, it's like, it's, and last week the title was Good Medicine. And if you need to listen to any of the messages, you can just go uh, listen to us on our podcast. And, uh, you know, we, you can do that and uh, just to catch up. But today's message, I believe, is going to apply to 90% of the people in this room or more. I mean, that's a good chance. And so what, what's, what I'm going to deal with today is an epidemic that really, I believe, that's really taken over our society. And that epidemic is what, what's sucking the life out of us. What is it that's a sucking life? Fresh air out of us. Today we're going to talk about our hectic pace. Come on. And how we spend our time. How many, you know, you just, how many you just feel busy? How many sometimes you just feel busy and you don't even know why you're busy? You know? And he's like, I know you're too busy when you're reading a book on stress and you can't finish it. You're too busy when you tell your kids it's time for dinner and they all run to the car. Come on. Y'all coming with me, all right? We're going on a journey this morning. You know you're too busy when you got more clothes in your car than you have in your closet. That's funny. Y'all know that. Come on, help me out. That's too busy. So the theme of what we've been talking about these last couple of weeks is Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. It says, this day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and a curse. And remember, we talk about choose life. Every week, 
we're, we're going to bring you to that decision point. You know, you have a choice between life and death. You know, fresh air or the doldrums. God will put, God, God put it right in front of you, and you have to choose life. That's what, let me tell you, that's what, that's what you got to do today. You got to choose life. You got to choose blessings. Amen? You got to choose the fresh air of God. God, breathe on me fresh and new. I need you. How many of you need the Lord this morning? Listen, days like yesterday, they're good days, all right? But that's how it looks when I used to live in the Northwest. Every day. They only have 90 days of sunshine. Come on. How many of you know you can get the doldrums real easy? 90 days. How many of you know in South Louisiana, we went 90 days, we'd feel like a mole. But, you know, let, let's, let's just take a look at a snapshot. And I've got some facts of just how things, how, what, how bad things have gotten in our society and how bad things have gotten in people's lives. The first thing I want, uh, you know what, here's some, here's some statistics. And it, let's just take a look at where we are. Out of, listen, we eat out 14, in a lifetime, we eat out 14,411 times in our lifetime. Including 1,811 trips to McDonald's, live well and prosper. We spend 13 years and four months watching TV. We spend five years waiting in lines. Come on. You spend one year for looking things you can't find. You attend, on the average, 35 weddings in your lifetime. In your lifetime, you're going to drive 627,000 miles. God bless you. Don't you just feel better already? Come on. That, that's a look at our lives. No, no one on their deathbed, I believe this, wishes they could go do one more of those things again. We find ourselves living one way, but we feel we would like to live differently. You ever feel that way? And if it would, but, but we just keep doing the same thing. And not really wanting to live the way we're living. Anybody understand what I'm saying? Anybody say anybody can relate to me? Just say ouch. All right, I got. I, we're in the right. We're in the right place. Right channel. So I want to show you a story in the Old Testament. It's a great story. It's a time when the Jew, Jewish people are in exile, and what happened is they're in exile. The children of Israel didn't. They weren't living in. Israel anymore. The children of Israel were attacked and were brought to Babylon, which is the modern-day Iraq. So they were right there, and they were they were in slavery. And not only that, they were they were get. That's where we get the books of Daniel and and Nehemiah and several others. And there was a king, but the, the king in Babylon was a man called Belzazar. Okay, Belzazar. And Belshazzar was having a big banquet. And I'm not going to go read you a story, but I can explain. Having, what they do is they break out all the cups and the dishes that came from the, temperna, the tabernacle of the Lord. Okay? And they had taken all those things and brought them to Babylon. And they say, hey, let's just bring out them cups and this, everything else. And as they're drinking, and they're, they're saying, look at us. We're great. We're like gods. We're, we're just enjoying this. And they're drinking. They're defiling the very dishes that were set up. To be able to be something that people did around the, the presence of the Lord. And so they're drinking these things. And as they're doing that, 
It's kind of, it, they're, they're doing that, Belshazzar. He, he's, he's there, all of a sudden, it, it says, the Bible says, and you've heard this, you ever heard that same, the handwriting on the wall? All of a sudden, the Bible says, something appears on the wall, and it's like the hands of a man. And it starts writing on the walls. And what happens, the king, the Bible says, you can even look at in Daniel, the Bible says the king became afraid, so afraid that his knees knocked together. Literally. <laughs> and, 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 he, and all of a sudden, you know, he, he's, he's just freaking out. Can I just tell you something? Read the Bible. It's very interesting. And, and what happens is, you know, his wife, you know, how many times, sometimes as men, it's good to listen to your wife. Well, here's an example right here. She goes, everybody, he's saying, look, he gets all of his sorcerers and everybody's musicians. He's like, anybody that can tell me what the thing says on the wall, I'll make them the third most powerful person in all of the kingdom, and I'll give them gold, and I'll give them riches, and I'll give them I'll give him nice clothes. And he said, but anybody, and not one person can tell him. Then his wife said, you know, there's a guy in captivity, and his name is Daniel. He may can do it, because I, I know that the Lord is with him. So the king, they bring Daniel in, and that's where I pick up the story and the verse that I want to talk to you about. And they bring him in, and he asked Daniel, he said, what, is, what, is, what says on the wall? And before Daniel read, when I'm going to read you, Daniel said, look, before I interpret this, I just want to let you know one thing, King. I'm not here for the gold. I'm not here for the clothes. I'm not here for the wealth. I'm not, I'm not here for the power. I'll just tell you what the Lord's trying to tell you. And this is what he does. Daniel chapter 5, verse 26 to 27. You can go in and read in your, your Bible. There's, a, there's some words that it means, like me, me means numbered. And what... what it just says, he just, this is what he basically says. He says, this is what the words mean. God has numbered the days of your reign and brought it to an end. You have been weighed on the scales and found wanting. How many of you know that God has numbered every one of our days? You only have a certain amount of days to live. And you know what? And that, that will be the end of your time. But what God has given all of us is time. And see, your life, can, can I tell you something? Basically what he's saying, he says, man, your life's out of balance. Because see, he didn't know this. The end of the story is that night his life was taken. And Darius became the king the next day. And so what happened, in, in order for many of us, this would apply to us. How many of you know that your days are numbered? If you live your days as numbered, how many of you know you might live a little differently? Y'all told me I was y'all on the right channel. Now y'all getting quiet on me. See, I find this happening sometimes in my life. Sometimes when I go weigh myself against things, sometimes I can get, how I many you know, sometimes you can, get, you can get out of balance. Can I just make a confession? That happens to me all the time. Okay? There are times when I get my life in balance, and all of a sudden I get things out of balance, and when I got to do, when I'm out of balance, I got to go talk to God and Tracy. That's the truth. And sometimes we together need to get our life in balance. Is that right, baby? 
It's true. Sometimes, how many, let's, just, let's, con, let's have a major confession. How many of you get your life out of balance sometimes? Okay, good. I'm in the right place. I don't feel insecure. You know, I find this happening. When I do find that happening, I know that things are, my life, there's, I just feel like life is getting sucked out of me. You ever feel that way? And see, bad things happen when my life is not in order. When we're just busy. I heard this quote. It says, if you're burning the candle at both ends, you're not as bright as you think you are. I'll just say that again for some of you that are slow. If you're burning the candle at both ends, you are not as bright as you think you are. And see, this morning, what I want to do is I want to look at five things to look for when our lives get out of order. Okay? I bet you, you can find at least three out of the five, what I'm going to share with you. Okay? And so we're going to go on a journey this morning, and, but I believe this. The number one is the risk of, of sinful choices increases when my life is not in order. When I'm depleted, I'm unstable. When I get tired, that's when the enemy comes at me. How about you? It's not when I come out of church that he tempts me. He waits till I'm completely exhausted. He just does. You know, it's like the floods in Colorado. What happens is, is that, you know, if you've been watching the... Uh, the the news and you see the flood in Colorado and all the rocks and everything falling and everything else going on and, and stuff. What happens, that ground is not like ground here. You know, our ground can get saturated, but we don't have rock slides, we don't have mud slides, all that stuff. Why? Because it's just, but in Colorado, the way the, mount, the terrain is, if you've ever been there, it, it's, it's really shaky and there's a lot of rocks and stuff. So when a lot of rain comes, and it doesn't happen like it's been happening at all, but it's a slow, steady rain. And what it does, it saturates that ground. And when it saturates the ground, it can't hold it anymore because it becomes destabilized. And sometimes that's what we get like. We have things that get in our lives and we get so saturated with things being out of balance and, and not in order that we get so saturated. Come on. And what happens, we just get, begin to have like rock slides and things like But Jesus warns us in, in Luke 21. He says this, be careful or your hearts would, will get weighed down. In other words, how will your hearts get weighed down? By your activities? Or your heart just gets messed up. That's what he's really saying. With despondency, he says little, that means little by little, sucking life out of you. Drunkenness and the anxieties of life. You're more, what does that mean, Pastor? That means you're more tired than you were after you got off of work on Friday. You're more tired this morning. By the drunkenness of life. And he says, and that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. The pace of life is out of order. That's what he's saying. It's not just exact. It's not just the activity. It's what's happening in your heart. Hello? The second thing, when I'm tired, my emotions are inconsistent. 
Okay, I can tell you this. This morning, my little girl got up at 6 o'clock this morning when I was in my desk studying. And the first thing I told Tracy this morning, Tracy, Livy got up at 6. You know what that means. Because at night, by this afternoon, if she doesn't take a nap, she's going to be... And we're going, what's wrong with you? Because it's not her normal time. You know, my emotions, the chances for me to be angry more is likely when I'm in a hurry than when I'm not. Are you hearing me? Isn't that true? I bet that happens with the men in this room. It's true for most men. When they get in the traffic, some of you got anger problems in traffic. You get people's the peace sign. Somebody gets in the stomach. Hello? Job says it like this. My days go by faster than a runner. They fly away without seeing any joy. Anytime you're in a fast pace, you have less joy. Slower pace, more joy. That's a fact. And I promise you, you need to put that to the test because it's true. The faster the pace, less joy. The slower the pace, more joy. See, you're wondering why you're acting the way you are. This could be why. The third thing is I'm less productive. We think we're doing more. We accomplish more. But that's not true. You only accomplish more when you are doing what, well, what you're doing is done with a sharp edge. In other words, listen, I know guys, let me just tell you this. Guys that work long hours, and I know your job and all that, some of that depends, but sometimes you need to schedule your day and rather than letting people schedule your day. And let me just say this. You know what? A sharp axe is better than a dull, dull axe. Are you hearing me? It's twice as effective. And if you're not sharpening your life, if you're not getting before the Lord, if you're not spending time with Jesus, I don't care. You you think, well, one more hour, one more email, one more phone call, one more meeting. You can do less with more, and you can do more with less. Y'all getting real quiet on me. Proverbs says it like this. Listen, mark it in your Bible. Careful, Proverbs 21.5 in the message Careful planning puts, a, puts you ahead in the long run. Hurry and scurry puts you further behind. I love, here's Proverbs. A person in a hurry makes mistakes. You become less productive. Number four. When you live at a pace and you're out of balance, I end up empty inside. Work so hard at the end of the day, we, we, we still feel empty. For what? I thought it would make me, I thought things would go better. I thought I'd be happy. People think burnout comes from too much activity. But I'll just say this. But that's not true because there's some activity that restore life back to you. Burnout comes from doing activity that has no purpose. Activity without purpose equals burnout without a purpose every one of you needs activities in the week that contributes to eternity and breathes back life into you hello i've realized this every time i go and give myself 
to something. Sometimes I don't feel like doing it. You ever feel that way? But when I put my, put, just put my effort toward it by spending time with someone doing something for the kingdom of God, and it's not because I'm a pastor. Are you hearing me? I was doing that before I was a Christian. When I used to, when I just go to church, I would get, the, as soon as something, you ask my wife for years, as soon as church would get out, I would go to St. Martinville, and I would go and minister to the prisoners in the annex in Broussard. And you know, the cool thing is you go, wonder somebody, where's the, what, what happened, what happened? I was just doing it, doing it, doing it. And then you know what? One of the guys named Kenny, when he got saved, he got remarried when he got out of jail. He, he played, plays on the worship team for Pastor Jacob. Are you hearing me? There's a guy that owns a store. His name is Wolf. And Wolf got saved in jail when I was there. I mean, I could just go on and tell you. But if someone wasn't taking the time, it's activity. You understand me? And what we do in the schools and what we do in, in outreaches here in this city and what we've done to, just to serve people, I'm telling you, it has an eternal impact. Because sometimes I go places, and the privilege that I have is when people go and live beyond themselves, I walk in, I can't go anywhere, Harley, without people, hey, Pastor Bubba. I'm like, hey. And sometimes I don't know them. It happened to me at least three times this week. I, went the, I, I walked into, uh, where is it, Radio Shack. I never go. I was going to help Nathan do something. And, and the girl, a girl comes in, she goes, she goes, hey, Pastor Bubba. I'm like, hey, uh, hey. And I'm thinking, where did I know her from? Wow. What? I don't, come on. I'm serious. And it's not because of me. It's because many of you, listen to me, as a church, listen, the power of just ministering and stopping and taking that moment and emptying yourself. See, the best thing you can do the best thing we really have to offer you is not a vital relationship with God, but to help you find your purpose. And see, that's why we have Next Step tonight. Let me just give a little commercial. That's why we have Next Step tonight. We have Serve Class, which specifically is designed to help you find out your fit or what the purpose that God has for your life. I'd encourage you, if you haven't made it, if you're planning on coming, be here. But if you haven't planned, make a note. Be here at 6 o'clock tonight. See, we don't, have to, we don't have to do that because we need you or we need some help. The best way to pass to you is to get you some, is to find something, to get you to find something in your life that you're making a difference. Does that make a sense? We find somewhere in, in our next step class that we find out, hey, this is what you, this is what God, God's made you, how God's designed you. This is what you can get involved in. This is what you could do to find God's purpose for your life. It helps you live and it removes the burnout. You get involved in activities that actually matter and bring life back to people. Amen? When I'm tired and I'm exhausted, I can't hear God is the next one. I can't hear God. I want to say something to you. You haven't even realized it. Listen to me. God is speaking. God's speaking. We have thousands of voices that come, and we need to learn the principle of Psalm 46. Psalm 46 says this, Be still and know I am God. This word, 
for so many, I think that's a word for so many of us today. Amen? Just be still. And know that I'm the Lord, God. See, we're going so fast. It's not that God is not speaking. It's simply that we're still, we're just not still. We're not quiet long enough to hear him. If you find yourself stressed, let me just say that. If you, if you find yourself stressed, say it when you say stressed. The reverse of that word is this, desserts. Go eat a beignet. Go eat a donut. Go eat cake. Go eat, go eat dessert. My wife loves that one. Go eat dessert. See, when I'm, not, when I'm in stress, I can't enjoy the desserts of God. Come on. I just can't. But when I'm, when I'm living the way and I'm being still and knowing that he's God, he can help me. See, Mark 6.31 says, Then because so many people are coming and going and they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. I'm trying to be a good pastor to you today. The mark of God's work in your life is that he brings you to a place of rest. Hello, did you hear that? There are too many voices in your head speaking to you right now. Rest is not inactivity, it's a state of your soul. I could even give you 15 other biblical principles on this, just that subject of stress. But if you hear and you did this, any of those, and what I'm about to share with you, these last three, and I'm going to be done, I believe if you apply these and you put them to the test, God will do something in your heart. See, the first one is this stop the constant push. For more. We have, we, have, we, we have to stop buying into that more is better. It's the desire to acquire. You know what I mean? That's what's killing us. We got more, more, more. You know, the average American family, think about this. The average American spends 137% of their income. More, more. You have kids, more, more. It's like in our society, more, 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 more. Hey, when I was a kid, you go to McDonald's, and man, a large was what we call like a medium. Come on. I'm going to just bring conviction to McDonald's on you this morning. <laughs> and a big hamburger was a double cheeseburger. Come on. Then they had the Big Mac. You remember that? Then, I remember when I was a kid, the quarter pounder. Why? Because we need more. I need it. I want it. I need it now. Listen, this is, you ever heard the saying, I will buy things I don't need with money I don't have to impress people I don't like. Can I say that again? I will buy things I don't need, listen to this, with money I don't have to impress people I don't even like. Everybody in the family needs a job to keep us with 
our larger-than-life expectations. I want more. More, more, more. Ecclesiastes says it like this. It is better to have a little with a peace of mind than be busy all the time. It's better to slow down a little bit. Slow down. And have peace of mind. It's just better. You remember back in the day when you were kids and you played in dirt? For all you young people, that's that brown stuff. You got to go outside. Come on, I'm, I'm talking to you. You got to go outside and you play with it. You have to go outside to find it. That's when you like, that's not playing angry birds. That's going outside and seeing real live birds <laughs> that sing. The talk. I can remember going to my grandmother's house in Lake Charles. Right there where the Lake Charles Mall is. My grandfather owned part of that property at one time. And I remember there was woods there. Then they cut all the trees and there was berries and stuff. And I remember going there for hours. Playing in my, gr- in my grandfather's shop in the dirt. And we would play. My, me and my cousins, we'd have cars and trucks and make-believe sticks. And we'd make roads. <laughs> And we would talk. And then we would go inside, and my grandmother might have some, like some of them peas. You, you, you know, you had the pods, you had to peel the peas. We would just, here's a phenomenon, we would just talk. Like, all day. And didn't even turn on the TV. Not at Mama McCann's. Are y'all with me? We just visited. You know what that meant? Let me see. Where's my, give me that thing right there. Yeah. See? We weren't going. We did this. Hi! How y'all doing? Yeah, I saw a picture. Family gathering. Everybody's doing this. Here's that. Catch it. Y'all worried about that, aren't you? I'm not worried about it. I got insurance. Anyway, just. (laughs) We get so wrapped up in stuff. Are y'all with me this morning? A heart at peace gives life to the body. But envy rots the bones. Some of you need to write these two these, this, this, these two letters down, okay? Write this down. Some of you just need to learn to say no. N-O. No. Can't do it. It's always get easier to get in than to get out. You ever notice that? I know people that have gimmicks. They had a guy that there was a pastor that was having a, a they were trying to build a new building and they had a building campaign. And they said, We're building the building campaign. He said, If anybody gives $1,000, you get to pick three hymns to what we will sing in the church. Anybody gives $1,000. An old lady came up. She goes, Pastor, 
You said, if I give $1,000, I, I can pick three hymns? He said, absolutely. She goes, here's my check. She gave the check. She said, I'll take him, him, and him. Anyway. All right, some of y'all know that's funny, but some of you need to break it. Some of you weren't awake. You weren't, what was that laughter about? It's always easier to get in than it is to get out. It's always easier to get in debt than get out. It's always easier to get in a relationship than to get out of a relationship. It's always easier to get in trouble than get out. It's always easier to gain weight. Let's change the subject. Let's go on. We don't need more. We need less. When is the last time someone asked you what you were doing and you just said, Nothing. You ask me, what's, what you doing? Oh, man. Instead of saying that, they just, man, I've been busy, man. Been busy. Been, been, been busy. Busy. You, you just don't, I'm busy. When's the last time you just put nothing? The second thing is, are y'all with me? Just keep the Sabbath day holy. See, it's not a commandment for God. It's a commandment for you. Not for him. God didn't just get up there and go, well, I'm going to give them ten rules to make them miserable. Let me see. Can't do this. Can't do that. Can't do that. God went in heaven going, no. I plan on making them miserable. I mean, I've been to churches. You think that is their number one vision? To make you miserable. Let me just speak about that. The Sabbath day is, Sabbath day means holy day. Holiday. Okay? Set apart. A holy day. Exodus says you have six days in which you do, you do your work, but the seventh day is a day of rest dedicated to me. That doesn't, can I just say that? That doesn't just mean just coming to church. It's not about church. It's about you having a different pace, that you're doing something different, that you're going to honor God in what you do. Work five days for your employer. Work one day for you and give the next day to God. Everybody got to mow their grass. Everybody got to do something, wash their cars. Come on. I got real quiet on that. You can pick whatever day. I have days. As a pastor, I have a day. It's either I'll take Monday or Friday off, but I'll work the other. I mean, you know what I mean? Because Sunday's not a rest day. Oh, well, pastor, you got all this time. I, I wish. <laughs> See, the Sabbath should be a little time. It should be a re- time of reflection. You look back at your week. And you ask this, how did I spend my time? Do I need to change anything? Check, you know, I have a dashboard where I can check my attitude, my schedule, my marriage, my parenting, and and my spouse. And I can go back to that dashboard that I've set up and ask myself, how can I be better at this? I encourage you to do that. 
How can I be better? Let me ask you something. How many of you can have a better attitude? We talked about that last week. How many of you maybe you could, there's some things you could be a better, have a better marriage? You know, you don't get yourself in trouble now. How many of you can have a better marriage? Don't raise your hand. How many of you maybe you go, man, I, I could just be better with my parenting skills, my spouse. You see, you have to make time to do it. Sammy, say time. That's how people spell love. They take time. They invest in you or with you. It's time. See, Proverbs says this, Proverbs 10, 27, reverence for God adds hours to each day. It's one of those principles that if, if, you, if you do it, you end up doing more. You accomplish more. You'll do more if you stop and you sharpen your axe. You can do more. God created six days, and then he rested. He didn't rest because he was tired. Hello? He rested because he wanted to give us a model and his example to you and me. It's a principle that would last forever. Sometimes I just need to stop my pace and sometimes take a walk with my wife and reintroduce myself. Hi, I'm Bubba. What's your name? Oh, Tracy. Okay, Tracy, it's good to see you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't mind the man at the curtain, all right? Remember? Anyway, just another movie, okay. Number three. I like this one. Get close to Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate shepherd of your soul. I'm just an under-shepherd. He's the ultimate shepherd. If you get close to him, this is what he will do for you. I'm going to give you an example in the Old Testament. I'm going to give you an example in the New Testament. Old Testament Psalm says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down. Come on. In green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. And restores my soul. If you spend time with Jesus, the first thing he will say to you is this. Lay down. Just lay down. Lay down. Let's get quiet. Let me restore you. In other words, chill out a little bit. Just chill. Say me, say chill. Look at your neighbor and say, chill out. You know, sometimes I, when people come to the church, I can tell they've had a busy week because you go, hey, how y'all doing? Oh, good, Pastor. It's funny, we live in such a small world. This week, uh, I was coming in from lunch. It was about, I had a late lunch. I got back at the office at 2.30. I didn't take a two and a half hour. I left late, okay? And I'm, I'm driving by, and, and, uh, and I'm coming down the driveway, and I gra- grab the mail because I, I try to bl- be a blessing to Bridget. I go get the mail because it comes around lunch. And I was getting the mail, and I saw this guy at that white house right up here that was kind of, he was an older guy. And I could see his wife was getting out of the back seat and everything. I'm like, what's going on? Maybe they're switching play. Then I go over there, and David Daigle's over there, and he's playing. He, he had actually put a new belt on the mower, and we were talking about some stuff and trees. Him and I have been talking about planting more oak trees and stuff around the property. For, and we're waking up. When he, and all of a sudden, we just, he goes, hey, Pastor, what do you think? What are they doing over there? I said, I don't know. He goes, I think they have a flat tire. 
I go, well, let's go help him. So he drives his truck over there, and he goes pull out a jack, and it doesn't work, so we have to use the guy's jack. And he's like 80-something years old, this guy and his wife. And, the, and the, you know how the French people, come on, cages, when they know real French, he's going, blah, 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 blah. and she's going, blah, 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 blah. and I'm like, I know. I mean, you can sign language. You can tell. There's signs and wonders. I'm wondering, and they're having signs, all right? And so, you know, David and I, you know, we had to use his stuff, so we take and we do it, everything, and we get it done way quicker and close the door. And, and I said, by the way, wh- what's your name? Now, where are you from? He goes, man, I live in Lake Arthur. I said, really? Okay. What's your name? He said, my name is Mr. Broussard. And then she's whatever her name is, Broussard. She goes, hey, Chef. She goes, you the priest here? <laughs> and I go, yes, ma'am, I'm the priest. But I pass through the people. You know, I don't have time to, you know what I mean? Yeah. And she goes, oh. He go, and the guy, I love it. He goes, oh, so you a holy man, huh? I go, I got holy my underwear just like you do. And everybody else, he said, oh, you're a funny man, too. And so I said, well, what do you do? He goes, oh, yeah, I like it. He goes, I'm retarded. I mean, no, you retired. He goes, yeah, that's it. I said, well, what did you do before you retired? And she goes, I was a fisherman. You were a fisherman? Really? My grandfather was a fisherman. He goes, what, what's your grandpa's name? I said, well, uh, Robert McCann, but they called him Sonny or Captain Bob. What's your last name? McCann. I know your grandpa. He lived in Lake Charles. He lived right there by the mall. I used to fish with him. He had more... He had better stuff than I did, but he helped me get started, and I helped him do some stuff. And I'm listening. He's telling me everything about my grandpa, and he this and that, and, and he said he'd never sell that land, and, and I said, well, well, that's a whole story. And so he goes, we start talking, and come to find out. And I just looked at him and said, well, you know what? Today, maybe you help my grandpa when he needs some help, and today's payback. He said, if you ever come see me, I live right on the corner of Grand Lake and Cameron Parish. And he said, if you need anything, so Miss Shirley, you need to find out who that was. Anybody from Lake Arthur? You know who that is? He drives a white Ford pickup. What's his first name? No, that's it. Nolan Broussard. He promised me some fish, so I got to go find him. Anyway. (laughs) I knew if I preached a little bit, somebody would speak out. Anyway, come forth. But, you know, I started thinking about it. How many, you know, we live in a small world. My grandfather would be 100 years old. It's a small world. But God's interested in people. And he uses people just every day. I'm not patting myself on the back for changing a tire. But it was an opportunity. But when you're close to the Lord, he'll bring you places and allow you to meet people and see things. And I, was, I walked away and go... I had to call my brother Todd. I go, you won't believe this, man. This is crazy. See, sometimes we just need to come to the garden alone to be with God. And you know what? God, you know the thing about Jesus and when you serve God and you become his friend, you know what God does? He invites you and he, he allows you to meet his friends. Look at me. I want to say this. And it's on my heart, so i got to say it. If I don't get it out, I won't feel good, all right? We're not here to play church. 
What do you mean by that? Well, I didn't like the music. Give the kids a rock and roll. I know I'd get Angus to go. Anyway, that's inside joke that one day. Yeah, they turn out the lights like a bar room. Like, like a lounge. <laughs> you know what? Can I look at me? If you don't like it, go somewhere else. I remember I told one guy, hey, I was going, well, what? he goes, well, we leave me, Pastor. I go, well, I'm sorry to hear that. I just, I let me. He said, we, we just going to start another church like I've done a bunch of times before. I swear to God. I went, wow. Because you'll never build with people like that. But you build with people that say, I want to be close to Jesus. And I want to introduce him, not only to my friends and my family, but I want him to introduce me to his friends as well. Does that make sense? You see, Jesus said it in the New Testament like this. Come to me, all you that are weary and burdened. And, and it defines many of us today. Weary and burdened. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke. A yoke is a piece of wood you put over two oxen to help them plow a straight line. Our problem is the way we are living our life. Our yoke is too heavy and we need his yoke. Take my yoke upon you and learn. From who? him for i am gentle and humble of heart let me just say gentle and humble doesn't mean frail jesus was a man's man he was a carpenter man that brother worked i I believe that he was a tough when you looked at him physically he was a tough guy but the bible says he was gentle of heart humble Let me just wrap it up with the scripture I just am thinking about. Isaiah. They were given rest by the Spirit of God. In other words, what that word means, the Spirit means breath of fresh air from the Lord. It says they were given fresh, they were given rest by the fresh air of God. This is how you guide your people to make for yourself. A glorious name. Fresh air. God desires to guide you by his fresh air. How many want to be refreshed? Renewed? It only comes by the spirit of God. His spirit. His Holy Spirit. That's what I'm talking about all these weeks. It's his Holy Spirit. God wants his name to be great. By people looking at your life and wanting to have what you have. The Bible even says, he said, I'm going to carry you and I'm going to guide you and you're going to have rest and your face won't wrinkle. And you'll be, I mean, when people look at you and my desires, when people look at us, why are you so rested? Why are you so like that? And all you do is you get to brag on your God. Because God is helping me. So the fresh air principle this week is this. Slow down. Say with me, slow down. Can you just practice that with me this morning? Just close your eyes. Put everything down. Put your pen. Just, I want to 
to practice this. Just close your eyes. Just be still. Just be still. I'm just going to pray over you. Father, I thank you this morning. For everyone that's here. Lord, that so many times we're so defined by being burdened or being weary or being tired. Lord, I pray this morning we wouldn't try to take on some yoke or some load that stresses us out. I just pray by your Holy Spirit that you would come and you would just refresh. You would renew people that are depleted by their work and by all the demands that are placed over their lives. Father, the busyness that they've had, the projects that are weighing on their minds and things. And Lord, I just pray that you would come with a blast of your fresh wind and that you would just renew, that you would restore, that you would forgive. Lord, for those that are carried, they've come here this morning, they've been carrying guilt, they've been carrying shame, they've been carrying things that have weighed them down. Lord, thank you that we can come, we can just ask you to forgive us. Lord, we can ask God, forgive us. Forgive us, Father, for the things we've allowed in our hearts and have clouded our minds and our hearts. And God keeps us at a place where we don't hear you, we don't see you, we don't sense you. I pray, God, that you would just come. Not only would you forgive, but that you restore. You restore those things. You would, I, I pray, claim back to those things that maybe the enemies rip people off from here in this room. For promises. For things that we're hoping for, believing you for. And God, I pray that you would come. Not only would you forgive, not only would you restore, but God, you would redeem. Lord, thank you for sending Jesus that you redeemed us through him by his blood. Lord, we've been bought by your blood. Not only have we been bought by your blood, but you died upon that cross. And you demonstrated your love for us. While we're living our own way, we, we try to figure things out and we realize we weren't, we weren't smart enough to run our lives. We weren't smart enough to figure things out. We were just stuck. And I pray for those people that feel stuck this morning. God, that you would just come. And Lord, I feel like, I, I pray that you, they would just feel like, they, it's like they've come, you've come with the winch of the Spirit. And you begin to pull them out of their, that, that, that place that they've been, been stuck. And they can come and stand on the rock. You, Jesus. And that you would just renew, you would restore, and you redeem everything. That this world, the enemy, and busyness has taken from them. Lord, you th- I thank you that you said the enemy's come to rob, kill, and destroy. But you've come to give life and to give it more abundantly. And I pray the life of God upon every mind, upon every heart, and upon every soul here this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus. me this morning. That was basically two minutes. And I just prayed for you. Sometimes we just need to take that moment. Are y'all with me? Just allow God to 
restore us. Now, listen to me. Listen to me. God wants to forgive you. Say, forgive. Accept his forgiveness. Some of us really accept it. Hello? The second thing is that he wants to restore you. What that means, being in the place where you should be, it's kind of like guys like to go restore old cars or trucks or things like that. And just restore you. Make you what God originally intended you to be. And what you were supposed to look like. Hello. And the third thing is just to redeem you. That's a religious word, but it's just to take you and make you new. Amen. How many need newness? How many like it? How many sometimes you wish you could just go trade in your body for a new one? You wouldn't have all the sags and the drags. Come on. But you know what? When we get to heaven, we'll be the redeemed. Because God's going to make everything new. Amen.